wanted to be a doctor, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps dentistry slipped your mind because of lack of resources. You dropped out of nursing school because you failed pharmacology. You don't come from the right family, so now you can't pursue pharmacy. You want to become a physician assistant, but you're unaware of their role in healthcare. You don't know a single black optometrist, and now you're afraid to be the first. Welcome to Melanin Healthcare, the best uplifting healthcare podcast targeted towards healthcare students and aspiring healthcare students bringing you the necessary education, representation, and inspiration to encourage you to pursue your dreams in healthcare. Today, we have a special guest, and she is going to share her experience as a speech pathologist. Welcome to the show, Shantae. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining. So let's get started. Tell us who you are and your profession. All right, so um, my name is Shantae Sellers. I am a speech language pathologist. I am also a business owner. Um, I work within the educational setting as well as the medical setting. Great, great. Why did you choose to become a speech pathologist? And tell us more about your business. Okay, so um, currently I have a business, two businesses called One is the Learning Loft. So it is a holistic based um, learning center for students in the after school program, which targets uh, their foundational skills. So we know that a lot of our kids are missing a lot of foundational skills. So what happens, we try to build on top of an unsteady foundation as educators, and then our kids grow up missing so much. So I have an after school program um, targeted towards holistic based learning as well as a business called Pink Coffee Cafe. So um, at Pink Coffee Cafe, I specialize in empowerment apparel as well as stationary finds. Awesome, awesome. And what sparked your interest in Pink Coffee Cafe? Oh my goodness. So I have been drinking coffee since I was probably five years old. So I've always loved coffee, but I never understood um, the power coffee had in my success as an adult. So I just took my love for inspiring others as well as my love for coffee and kind of put it together to um, create this space for women um, to empower us as black women. Um, we need that extra push um, and just just to empower us to be all that we can be, um, mainly cutting out the middleman. I'm all about entrepreneurship and just getting paid for your talents. And we can talk about that when I'm very, very passionate about being a speech business owner because um, I'm a contracted worker right now. So and I feel a little bit away about someone making money off of me. <laughs> I completely understand. So, for those who don't know, what are the different career options for a speech pathologist? Because I know you say you work um, in a school currently. Yes. So um, there are so many different places that you can work as a speech therapist. Um, I mean, you name it, you can work there because obviously we work with communication, but you can work in a school setting. Um, If you enjoy vacations and being on track with your children, you can work in a school setting. You can work in a hospital setting um, as well as a skilled nursing facility. You can own your own private practice. You can work in an ALF. 
You can work at a rehab hospital. You can also work um, within the entertainment industry as far as accent modification, you know, preparing actors for different roles. Um, you can work with an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Um, you can also work with an audiologist. I mean, the options are just endless. That's great. That's great. Tell us about the different business opportunities if one were to become a speech pathologist but would not want to work for the middleman. Oh, girl, cut the (laughs) middleman. So (laughs) um, you can actually get your own contract. So I'm in the process of learning how to establish my own contracts with different schools, with different nursing homes, Um, just like I stated, to cut the middleman out. Mm -hmm. So literally right now I'm in a school. Um, Let's just say if the school is paying my contracting company uh, $100 for me Mm -hmm. per hour, right? They may only give me half of that. So you got $50 of the money that I am working for going to Mm -hmm. a company to do what? To, To find me and tell me that the interview is this day and for me to show up, you know, I'm bringing the skills to the table. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, definitely getting contracts with schools is is a great way. And just anyone that wants to hire a speech therapist, you get the contracts written up, get a lawyer, and then just go out and make your money. Right, right. So how has COVID-19 affected your day-to-day work? or your day-to-day life? Um, I was working in schools, in the schools when COVID first occurred and uh so we were no longer allowed obviously to work face to face with our students so we transitioned to digital learning um i will say that i i am still doing a blended model so some students have returned to school face to face other students are still you know working on their computers it is not good for speech therapy however um as far as me i I am still getting paid. I've never not got a paycheck. Um, So that's in the school setting. So I also work within a SNF setting. So that has been super traumatic. Um, A lot of the patients died. I actually did an assignment this past weekend and I was just saddened. It was like a ghost town. So workers were getting COVID, Um, you know, their spouses had maybe some exposure at their jobs. They brought it to the nursing home setting and obviously a lot of patients died so um it has been traumatic more so on the medical side of things versus the educational side oh, wow yeah so what is the journey to becoming a speech pathologist how long does it take okay so um to be a speech therapist you need a bachelor's degree now luckily you don't necessarily have to study communication sciences and disorders at the bachelor level however before you get accepted into a master's level program you have to complete the core courses so that is the route that i took i first started off as an educator wanting a way out Um, However, uh, realizing that, well, I still have to work. So I attended um, a bridge program. I took my courses and then I entered the master level program. And um, here I am. But I do hear in the future, you may have to have a PhD. So we'll see where that goes. (laughs) So for those who want to embark on this journey, but have no clue what to start, what advice would you give to them? Um, I would say find a speech therapist. Um, ask around. It's not something that, you know, 
people hear a lot about, um, but find a speech therapist, join different organizations. I know that there is a group on Facebook um, for um, minority speech language pathologists. Join different groups, find a speech therapist, observe them, ask them how it is in their day-to-day work life. Um, Find one like me, I'm gonna keep it real with you. A lot of people don't like to discuss a lot of things. I will tell you what you will get paid. I will tell you what you need to negotiate in your contract. So find someone that's gonna keep it real, observe, do research, um, and just learn what it is that a speech therapist does. Right. What advice could you give someone who would like to uh, branch off from working from someone else to actually working for themselves as a speech pathologist? Okay, I would say find your passion within the field. Once you found your passion and then um, see, okay, I got my passion. That's all good. And then figure out where you can be different as far as the market. What can you provide that is not already there? Like I'm already looking at, because obviously my first passion is education. So I'm already already looking at how I can provide CEUs or provide mentorship to speech therapists that want to, to do something that I'm already, a, I'm already doing. And obviously I'm paving a road for myself. So I would say right. figure out, you know, your passion first, how you can, um, bring something different to the market and um, go from there. Right. That's true. That's true. So Shantae, tell us, what does your day-to-day life look like? Well, let's see. <laughs> so I have <laughs> these businesses and obviously I have a full caseload. I am at two different schools. So pretty much when I wake up, I always, I meditate. I try to get my mind right before I start my day because I can't pour into anyone else if I'm not whole myself. So I start there. Um, I On certain days, I work on different businesses. After I've done my social media marketing, I then um, get ready for my day, get my coffee, of course. <laughs> and then um, once I arrive to school, I pretty much look at you know, any meetings that I may have for the day. I want to prepare for my meetings and then I get ready for my sessions. So like I said, I'm blended. Um, My therapy occurs in a blended setting. So my day is pretty much digital in the morning. And then I have my face-to-face sessions in the afternoon. I do have a break. So I get, um, I also get, I always get an activity that is on a lower scale for my students that may be lower functioning. And then I get an activity that is for my higher functioning students. And then within that, um, I've been doing it long enough so I can pretty much focus on articulation or I can pretty much focus on focus on language skills with one activity. Um, so after I've got my plans together for the day, I do my therapy after each session, I have to build. We all love billing. (laughs) So I do my billing. And then at the end of the day, I might write some evaluations. Um, After that, um, I come home and I work on my business. I work seven and a half hours for someone else. I work 10 for myself when I get home because the goal is to work for me. And I have to put in that extra work. So. That is my day-to-day. I also have a husband and a dog, so they demand my attention as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it. Dedication. True dedication. Oh, girl. True. Yes. 
<laughs> what misconceptions that people have about your field? Okay, I think the the first the and I talk about this with my coworkers. I think people think we play games all day. I think that there is a lack of respect within the educational mm-hmm. setting. Um, in medical setting, I will tell you, I was afraid to go to the medical setting at first because guess what? We are the experts within our scope within a medical setting. So I do I do love that, but I think the biggest misconception in education is that we play games all day and then the second misconception is we only work on speech. People forget about the language pathologist and they also forget about the swallowing and voice and all that other stuff that we do. Wow. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and how does a speech pathologist differ from an occupational therapist? Okay, so in my mind, um, within a school setting, occupational therapists, they work on handwriting. Um, it is functional within a school setting, but I do feel like when we go to the medical setting, an occupational therapist um, work on getting strength helping the patient gain strength within their arms and their motor movements to feed themselves, to clothe themselves. So it's really um, related a lot to um, daily living tasks. Okay, so your activities are daily, daily living. They call it ADLs within a medical setting, but in the school setting it's mostly handwriting and things of that nature. Um, we pretty much in the medical setting focus on getting the food down the throat safely, getting the food in the mouth, masticating, swallowing it, sending it where it needs to be so that you're not aspirating. Awesome. Awesome. I get it. <laughs> if you could do it all over again, what would you change about your journey? Oh, I would have, I would have done it sooner. Um, I started off in education. I was there and then I realized I needed to specialize. I would have been in this field long ago, probably specializing more so in um, the medical side, more so with strokes and things of that nature. But I would have arrived sooner. That's it. Awesome. (laughs) Where can you see yourself in five to seven years? Oh, honey, the middleman will be gone. No middleman. I will be reaping the benefits of all of my hard work. Um, I hope to really have my private practice, um, the Learning Loft, my after school program, have that up and running, mentoring other therapists, um, providing a workplace for speech therapists to come in which they are happy, in which they are, you know, motivated to grow as individuals. And then obviously I want the Pink Coffee Cafe to be up running and just to be a well-established business for empowerment and apparel, bringing women together, um, motivating one another, just creating this space of creativity among women. (laughs) Tell us your favorite memory as a speech pathologist. Um, I would have to say, I just really loved uh, before COVID most of my patients now I'm I'm just thinking about them the ones that have passed away um, especially my patients with dementia how they just um, they live in the moments of their happy lives the ones in which they can remember and just walking down memory lane with those patients even if it you know it doesn't make sense but just getting into their world and what they remember and going back to the days in which 
you know, um, Mr. So-and-so was a janitor. And so now he wants a broom to sweep. So we sweep and I'm his worker or, uh, you know, having a patient that was, um, she was a manager in a casino and she was hiring me every day, <laughs> but just walking <laughs> back down memory lane with those patients and creating those moments in which they could reflect on their lives. So I really do miss that. And I miss those patients um, the most. Right. And you've already answered this one, but what do you do outside of work? <laughs> oh, goodness. So uh, I am the happy hour queen. Well, I'll say this. So I am new. I've just recently moved to the Orlando area in Florida. Um, I used to live in Jacksonville. Oh, yes. Nana for Duval. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I currently live in Orlando and I will say I miss uh, my days of bringing my my friends together, my speech therapy friends, my my friends in just different walks of life, coming together and um, partaking in happy hour. So um, <laughs> now my husband and I, uh, we we love to go out for happy hour. We love to go out for brunch. Um, you can find me after work mostly creating in my um, my my lab. I call it the pink lab. Um, I'm in here creating, it's me and my dog. And then when my husband gets home, um, I ask his opinion. He helps me with designs. I do that and I, I just do whatever, travel wherever the wind blows me. <laughs> That's me. And how long have you been running Pink Coffee Cafe? Um, I have had, I've had Pink Coffee Cafe on a board for three years. <laughs> And um, I will tell you, it has not, actually it really, really started to take off during COVID. I needed an outlet and I purchased all of the equipment and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. And I will say this summer, it really, really took off. And recently, a few weeks ago, I released um, a collection called Mocha Latte. I felt like um, charity began at home, right? So I want to empower our black girls, our brown girls. I want to empower us first and then um, release things to the rest of the world. So, yeah. I love that. That's great. Yes. What changes do you think will happen within the next 10 years in your field? Um, so I mentioned definitely, I feel like our field will grow to a PhD. I think that they're going to require speech therapists to have a PhD because the scope of practice is so broad Ooh, um, that it really, it should require a PhD. So I think that is where we're heading. And more teletherapy, sadly, but I think true. Um, I think they're going to be relying more so on teletherapy practices because who knows where we're going with COVID, just realistically. Right. So. Mm-hmm. How do you think tele telemedicine is it telemedicine telepathically? Um, how do you think? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, how do you think doing it um, virtually? How do you think that will affect the students and the residents? Oh my goodness! I just think it's gonna be bad because obviously we're dealing with patients with a communication um, difficulties. I, I don't like saying disorders, but difficulties. So th we know that there are barriers there and the computer is a huge barrier. Um, I have patients that if they were sitting in for students, if they were sitting in front of me, um, I can see a lot about how they communicate. 
versus them mm-hmm. hiding behind a computer or if they're very shy, if they have um, selective mutism. Those are things that we have to deal with. It's easy for me to sit a cookie in front of you, right? And have you request for that cookie versus telling your mom to sit a cookie in front of you and request. You see what I'm saying? So that's how we elicit communication a lot within um, the educational setting uh, and medical setting. Oh, goodness. Who knows what's going to happen with that? I mean, can you imagine doing a swallowing bedside study on the computer? where you didn't hear the patient clear his throat, which is a sign that silent aspiration might be occurring. So those are some things that uh, healthcare leaders really need to think about for the future. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What challenges have you faced as a speech pathologist? Oh my goodness. I think for me, the number one challenge, and I'm going to say this, I don't know if it's it's because I, I look young. So they assume that when I step on a campus, um, mm-hmm. as a educational speech therapist that I am A, the teacher or B, the teaching assistant. Um, it just bothers me. It bothers me that I am automatically assumed to be and there's nothing wrong with a teacher. There's nothing wrong with a teaching assistant. But why can't I be the principal? Right. I actually have a degree to be a principal. That was my first master's. So it's like, I never get those assumptions. It's always something else um, in an educational mm-hmm. setting. And sometimes my patients say, you know, they call me the nurse, I get that. Um, or they may say, oh, you're helping out the speech therapist for the day. No, ma'am, humbly, I am, I am her. <laughs> and I can change your diet. I have a shirt that I'm creating about that too for us brown girls in speech therapy. It's like, why do we have to be the helper? Right, you know? that's true. Stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you experienced racism as a speech pathologist? Um, I experienced something similar to what I just explained. I contracted speech therapist. I showed up to this school that was in a more affluent neighborhood. And um, Mm -hmm. I guess being a contracted therapist, of course, my face was new to the setting. They were happened to have, they were having a luncheon that day. So this is where the PTA provided lunch for the teachers and the faculty. So we had to in return donate. Well, I didn't know that they were doing this. This was my first day. So of course I didn't Mm -hmm. bring cash. So (laughs) the (laughs) other therapist, and who keeps cash these days? So the other therapists, which were very nice, they say, oh, come on, you can eat. But these therapists was another color other than myself. So they're like, oh, just come along. When I showed up, honey, they were asking me, you know, like, where's your money? They weren't very inviting. So me, I went to the teacher's lounge. I had brought lunch that day anyway. I called my mom. Someone was like, trying to figure out who I was, like, who is this black girl in the teacher's lounge? We don't see many of those around. Mm -hmm. Um, They were like, um, who are you? Are you you just, you know, helping out? Are you a parent? Are you the teaching assistant? And I'm like, no, I'm the speech therapist. There again, I had to explain. Um, So that was the first instance. The next instance was I had a really difficult parent that uh, pretty much tried to take over my job. I couldn't do my job because I was this this young woman. 
So um, those were the, the instances in which I experienced, I guess you would say, a form of prejudice. I don't know. <laughs> wow. If you could switch careers, would you switch? And what field would you go to? Um, I would not switch. This is where God wants me to be. Um, I, I love education. I love um, communication. I love having an opportunity to be, uh, to work within a medical setting as well as an educational setting. So it's perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. I think you already told us your favorite memories. So tell us your least favorite memory. Uh, My least favorite memory would be working with, um, working with that parent. Um, She happened to be, she worked in law. Uh, She was one of us. She was so, yes. Mm. And they hated to see her coming. I'm like, oh, she can't be that bad. I'm like, okay, maybe we can get on the same level. I'm a black speech therapist. Maybe you felt like your child could not connect with other therapists. Because I do believe our kids need someone that looks like them to connect, you know, at times. Yes. Oh, honey, mm-hmm. she was hell on wheels. And she was so mean to me. I was like, wow, okay. Well, like I said, I just, I worked with her. I was humble, I was nice. I didn't give her a reason. So that was my least favorite encounter. (laughs) Wow. What advice could you give someone that feels like giving up in their journey? Oh my goodness. Never, 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 never give up. Pressure creates diamonds. The 99 will not work because it's meant for the hundredth. Yes. Tour. Um, never give up. Never let others dictate your path. God gave you that vision. And no one else will understand. And it's not meant for them to understand. Um, and be be very strategic and intuitive about the journey that you've taken. You know what I'm saying? Because it it, it means something. It it's all going to develop your story in the end. Be encouraged. Find what makes you feel good, and do it. And when they tell you you can't, prove them wrong. Okay.